You're listening to the Ifley Road Podcast, a series of informal chats with our friends from the world of sport, where we talk about fitness, lifestyle, running and more. So grab a coffee, kick up your trainers, relax and enjoy. Visit us at ifleyroad.com In this episode, we met up with race director John Lunt. John was the founder of Human Race Events and event director of the triathlon for the London 2012 Olympics. Yeah, nice to see you, Bill. It's been a while. So, John, when did you first set up Human Race and what was the inspiration behind it? Um, I started Human Race in 1990. It was October 1990. My first event was the Kingston Marathon. I had a half marathon and uh, 16 and an 8 so that was the, my my first professional event uh, I went off to Brazil to train and came back and uh, wondered what I was going to do with my life so uh, I decided I would set up a business that was organizing events so I can work with sponsors and media and partners and charities I traveled quite extensively to do races around the world and I just looked at other designs that I liked and I thought it would work well and uh, the triathlon shirts and my running shirts were, were sort of badges of honour that uh, I knew people liked to show off in a way on the, the endurance world at that time. It was very rare so uh, people liked to say that they'd done the London Marathon or the Kingston Marathon or done a triathlon. So that's where the t-shirt designs came from. Back then in the early 80s the whole racing and event scene was very different. From your perspective, John, how do you think running and triathlon has changed over the years? Well, massively, really, because it was a very, uh, in, I would say, in its infancy in the in the early 80s, there were there, were, there weren't many rules. There weren't the, the equipment wasn't there. If you think the, the the nutrition that we have today, well, there wasn't any in the in the mid late 80s. Uh, it's just changed massively. Training programs, training days, um, coaches, development, the Triathlon Association, all, all those things have all changed in the last 20 to 30 years. Obviously for the better, uh, triathlons inclusion in the Olympics in 2000 and obviously in 2012 again in London. All those things make uh, make the make the sport grow and shows a, a great sport to be involved with. And thinking specifically about triathlon distances, um, of course, they were less standardised then. Hardly any two triathlons had the same distance, did they? No, yeah. I suppose we made the rules up as we went along, and we made up the distances as we went along, and that was probably one of the fun elements of the sport. And there's still a lot of that today now, um, but you have such variations of differences from super sprints right up through to your your long distance races, you know, that'll take you anywhere between eight and 15, 16 hours. So, you know, that whole world of endurance has become a lot more mainstream. So I'd love to pick up on the rise of endurance events later on, John, but right now, just to touch on that thorny question of, um, of race fees, are these generally fair, would you say, or are some race promoters getting greedy? Well, race fees have always been controversial ever since I started organizing events people said well why should we pay for any pay for anything because it, you know you can run on you can run on the public highway for for nothing at the end of the day I always said it comes down to market forces if you put on a good event and lots of people come along and they have a good time and they tell their friends then that's that's the market forces of a business if you have a poor event 
and you charge too much, then people won't come back. It's very simple. You pay your money and you take your choices. This is like anything that you buy. If you uh, if you if, it's, if you don't think it's value for money, you won't come back. Simple as that. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I certainly remember always being very impressed um, with the quality of the volunteers at the human race events. And they always seemed really enthusiastic and friendly and helpful. How did you recruit and retain your volunteers, John? Uh, well, well, the volunteers were, were from my uh, triathlon club, cycling club, from my running club, stragglers in Kingston. They were all friends. Uh, they became greater and better friends over time. And again, that's part of the event management fee that you look after your volunteers. You know, you have to t-shirt them, you have to feed them, give them drinks, move them around. Sometimes you pay some of their expenses and that whole support mechanism, you actually create a community of people that want to be involved in your events. And, you know, Park Run is a, a great example of that. They've got a great pool of volunteers and they met, it's the volunteers that make it work every weekend, weekend out. And that's, that's what British sport is all about. Um, so, John, you've honed your skills as a race director over many years with Human Race. Then, of course, you got the contract to put on the triathlon for the London 2012 Olympics. How did that come about? Well, I guess I did my apprenticeship organising events uh, in the UK from 1990 right the way through. Uh, in, in 2000, I was fortunate enough to be competition manager for the Commonwealth Games in Manchester uh, in 2002 which was a, you know, a fantastic opportunity for me to uh, put my organization skills into, into the sport of triathlon. Mm -hmm. And I guess that was very much a, a, a testing ground for me as well. And with that, we built a lot of expertise with volunteers and officials, and we brought all that into the sport of triathlon uh, and running. And then I applied for the job when we won the Olympic bid in uh, 2005. Um, and I was appointed to be the competition manager for the London Olympics in April 2008. So I had the opportunity to go out to Beijing, see the Olympics in China, see how triathlon was delivered there. And then of course 2012 came around very quickly. For me it was four and a half years of hard work and uh, all compressed into four and a half hours of racing. So uh, I guess I did my apprenticeship over those many years of organising all sorts of different events uh, and it all came together on that fateful day in August 2012. Yeah, it was a great year for sport, definitely. Um, but were you nervous the night before the event? Did you sleep well? Um, yes and no. It's, it's a massive undertaking. Reputational risk and all the contingency planning you have to do to stage an event of that magnitude is considerable. but. At the end of the day, you are part of a massive machine, and that massive machine is there to help you deliver the best event you can possibly deliver for the athletes. You, perform, you provide the stage for them to perform. Um, some other events are probably more um, mind-blowing and difficult and where you least sleep. So, so yes and no, the, tri the triathlon was a massive experience. It was a great relief when it was over, and it was even better that it was a fantastic success. That's how you put on a great event. It was certainly a great event, um, but I do remember at the time, security and the threat of terrorism was a really big issue for the games. How did you deal with that? Well, I guess ever since the uh, attacks in 2001, the whole terrorism aspect is, is in everybody's mind, and that continues to this day. 
but with the right planning and the right people. That's why it takes so long to organize a massive multi-sport event. The levels of security from special forces, police, you've got the military guarding the actual venue, you have people in the crowd, you have your eyes and ears, which are your volunteers and your event crew. All that all comes together to, to deliver an event that is safe. And that's the case whether it's the Olympics or whether that's the, the London Marathon or any other major, major event. I know smaller races, you don't have that those implications, but you know, there are any uh, big event where there's lots of people in one place is potentially a target. And that can be anything from you know, a pride march to a uh, music concert. And you just have to take a, a relevant precautions and take uh, the relevant advice from the, the people that know about these things. You can't let the terrorists win. You have to uh, work and put things in place so that you're not an easy target. Well, I moved on from Human Race in 2014. I set up another business called Bespoke Events. .co.uk in 2015 and we've been organizing a number of different events uh, around the country and around the world. We have uh, Brighton Run to Music which is in on the 11th of May this year. It's the first time we've done it. It's a 5k, 10k and half marathon. It's essentially trying to blend a running event with entertainment. So trying to do something a little bit different, a little bit off the wall. Brighton is very much an off the wall type place. Um, so we've got lots of music, performance, we've got acts going on throughout the whole running period. You know, we're encouraging people to dress up as their favorite musicians, whether it's Elvis or the Beatles or Spice Girls. Um, we, we're inviting local bands to come down and perform for the runners who are, who are running. And we have speakers along the course that play a genre of music that the runners have asked for. So there's a feedback there. So that's something new and different. So that's Brighton to uh, runtomusic.com. Uh, we also have the Brighton Hove Triathlon on Brighton Hove Seafront. This will be the fourth year that we've done it. We started with 800. And last year, uh, 2018, we had 1400. And I'm hoping we'll get about 1600 this year. So closed roads on Brighton Seafront and then a run along the prom. Um, yeah, finishing on the prom. So it's a, a great, great sporting venue out in um, in uh, Brighton, we uh, we tried we uh, developed a new race last year in Dubrovnik, the Dubrovnik Triathlon, uh, which will be held again this year. That will be in October, um, October the fifteenth. Uh, beautiful city of Dubrovnik. Uh, we had one hundred and fifty last year. We're hoping for about four hundred uh, this coming year. Uh, it's a, a beautiful place to do a race, and and also very pleasant weather in October. With, in nice warm water. That sounds most enticing and we'll give out those event details again at the end of the programme. So let's just pick up on that point John about trying to offer new and different race formats and of course you've got so many nowadays you've got obstacle races, colour run, the Otolo style swim run events. Do you have any personal favourite um, race formats? No I think getting people moving it doesn't really matter what they do whether it's uh, Pull a run or park run, it doesn't matter. I think the, the, the genre of getting people to do exercise is getting more and more important. I guess we were crusaders in those uh, early days of, uh, you know, the, the 80s. There was a marathon boom and during the 80s, you know, I did my first marathon, which was 
1985 and that was out in Rotterdam first London was 1985 you, you see all the different ways of different sports and there will be an ebb and flow uh, colour runs on a bit of a down uh, other events are on the up um, the, the night runs that's quite an interesting concept I think it's becoming a lot more experiential as opposed to performance based so they want an experience and it's not just the fact that they've covered 5k they want to have other things whether they want to run with their phone or they want to take pictures or they want to be covered in stuff when they finish or they want to wear a silly outfit but they've, they've covered 5k they felt they felt like they've done something on a Saturday morning and they can go home and uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend after after doing some sort of exercise so uh, people's tastes change uh, it, it is forever a shifting landscape on different things um, I always say there's nothing new they're just different formats that have been tried and tested or blended together to make make different different products at the end of the day people decide what they want to do and once they've done a couple of colour runs then they've probably had enough of that and then they go on to something else so yeah it's just for all the event organisers out there you know it's great that they're they're trying different formats and different distances and different things that's what the world's about and you talked at the start of the podcast about the rise of ultra distance events why do you think those are becoming more popular well i think the build-up over years whether it was race for life or park runs you know they're, they're getting new people running and once they've done their 5k's they go on to their 10k's and their half marathons and then marathon they'll probably want to take it even further and then do the really really silly distances you know your 100k's and that sort of stuff so i guess that's the pyramid of uh, experience that it's exactly the same in triathlon they do the short distances yeah. and eventually they make their way up the ladder and start doing their long distances and ironman type races and enjoy the shorter distances as they get older and slower so like us yeah so it's a, a continual evolution of distances looking back john at the races you've put on what are some of your personal favorites i always develop races that i always liked to do and wanted to do so you know the ball buster a boxer was always a, a big favorite of mine uh, you know my new events that have come online I think Dob Dubrovnik will be a classic event we've got lots of new people doing triathlon down in Brighton because of these events and they yeah each event has its own uh, personality its own experience its own venue and backdrop and that you know that in turn it's just nice creating nice events have you ever failed to complete a race at all yeah you asked yeah you asked me that earlier i i do remember not finishing one of the airfield duathlons that 220 used to do and it was a multi-lap course i think it was probably about 10 laps cycling around an airfield on a miserable october day into headwinds because there's nowhere to hide on a airfield is there because that's that's why they're airfields and I thought, I'm not enjoying, enjoying this at all. I think I'd just come back from uh, Lanzarote. I'd been out there and it'd be nice weather. And, and I just thought, sod it, no, I'm, uh, that's enough for me. I've, uh, I'm quite used to killing myself over different things, but I, that just wasn't enjoyable. That's the only race I can actually remember that I didn't actually finish. I dare say I should have finished. I should have dropped out some of the races that I did finish, but through sheer bloody mindedness, I just carried on. Um, so, John, we're now getting close to the end of the podcast and we always like to ask um, this question. So who, um, or indeed what organisation, inspired you to get into running in the first place? 
place? Um, well, my my career started. I've always worked in leisure since I left university, and I started running a leisure centre. And one of the one of the guys in the leisure centre had done the first ever Reading Triathlon in 1983, and he got me ready for the Tanners Triathlon in 1984, which was my first event. Um, at that time, I was playing rugby. Um, at Kingston Rugby Club and Old Serbatonians and that sort of stuff. So yeah. I came from a rugby background, thought I was reasonably fit, went out for some long runs and he nearly killed me. Well, I'm glad you kept up the running, John. And I must say, we've really enjoyed chat about how running and triathlon have changed over the years and how they're continuing to evolve. So thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. I'm Bill Byrne. And I'm Claire Kent. And we're the co-founders of Ifley Road. If you like the sound of any of John's new events, you can find out more at bespokeevents.co.uk. And by the way, bespoke is spelt B-S-P-O-K-E. To find out more about Ifley Road and our full collection of running and fitness wear, visit ifleyroad.com.